Hello and welcome back to Trennis Magnus, Jab's Reality, presented by Two True Freaks. I'm your host, Magnus, and uh, I'm going to be honest with you, I don't completely know what to say right now. Um, basically, uh, I saw Justice League with Stacy on Sunday, you know, about a week after it came out, and, um, I don't know, guys, um, I'm not really sure what my expectations were. Honestly, I don't really think I had a whole lot of expectations. Um, I'll circle back to that. There's a fair bit to say, and I don't think one quickie uh, hot take episode of Trennis Magnus Jab's reality is necessarily going to be enough to cover everything, but at least as a preliminary, you know, what I posted on the Trennis Magnus Punches Reality Facebook page, this was on November the 18th, what I posted was Justice League. Haven't seen it yet, because at that time I hadn't. And honestly, not really the point. I'm a Superman guy. I'm a lifelong student of the character. I've read more Superman comics than I could ever hope to count. I've seen his movies and watched his cartoons. I've analyzed his character, mythos, and history a thousand times from a thousand points of view. I have a specific vision of who I believe Superman is on a psychological level. This doesn't prevent me from enjoying all manner of interpretations of the character, and simply gives me a defined point of view on him. Back to Justice League. Like I say, I haven't seen it yet. This weekend is the observance of my stepdaughter's birthday, and I won't permit anything to stand in the way of that. But my time will come, sooner or later. Now. Reviews is reviews, and apparently Justice League's reviews aren't so great, but the fact is that I will not be lectured or talked down to about characters I've treasured my entire life by a class of subhuman plankton who all believe Biff Bam Zap is the best way to start any column relating to comics. In the end, my opinion of the Justice League movie may or may not align with whatever the fanboy consensus ultimately becomes, but at least you all know that I'm speaking from the heart and an informed opinion. None of you have to agree with me, but surely there's something to be said for someone voicing his sincere viewpoint rather than taking the temperature of the room first to ensure that whatever I say is exactly what everyone wants to hear. Now, the reason I wanted to read that Facebook post to you guys is basically I'm recording this a little bit in a vacuum, all right? I honestly don't know what the the rest of my podcasting fraternity organized geekdom. I have no idea what anyone else is saying about Batman v Superman. All I know is what I think. So what you're about to hear is my unfiltered, unvarnished, 
and I, maybe maybe the best way to put it is uncensored opinion. Now, before we get into that, I just want to say that, you know, guys, it's not just um, myth-making or hyperbole on my part. I mean, these characters really have meant everything to me over the years, you know? And I think maybe the uh, the clearest example that I can think of is when my family moved to Houston. I was in the third grade. I was nine years old. And it was near the end of the school year. And it was pretty much me. I mean, I'm not trying to sound fatalistic or anything, but you're born alone, you live life alone, and ultimately you die alone. You go through life alone, you know? Yeah, it's great that, you know, um, you've got a family uh, that loves you, or you've got your wife who loves you, or just whoever. But ultimately, we're all on a solo journey here, people. And the people that we meet along the way, you know, it's great to have them. But when all's said and done, ultimately, we're all on our own, you know? And when we moved here to Houston, I didn't have any friends, you know? There was nobody that gave, you know, two fucks about me, really at all. I mean, nobody. Zero nobody, you know? I didn't have any friends or anything like that. And honestly, you know, the best I could hope for were Superman comics, and they could be kind of like friends in a nine-year-old's imagination. That was... Guys, I'm not kidding. That was literally all I fucking had, you know? And what, you know, I mean, the the entire DCEU has gotten just savaged by a bunch of, you know, snooterati, hipster, dip, dipshit film critics that, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, it's like, you know, who the fuck are you to lecture me about these characters? I mean, seriously, get the fuck out of my face, okay? With that, I... But just based on, you know, certain comments and stuff that people, uh, that I I just, I've heard people make, you know, like when I was at the movie theater, you know, there were comments, because you hear what people are saying about the movie whenever you're coming out. I don't know what organized fandom at large thinks of Justice League, but if the people coming out of the movie theater are anything to, to go by, this movie was fairly well received at least by audiences and guys I don't know what the fuck to make of that you know I really don't because this is maybe where I'm going to get myself into trouble but I I posted another little comment on my Facebook yesterday uh I said I was expecting a disaster and I was speaking of Justice League obviously I was expecting a disastrous, flaming train wreck of carnage and terror. Guess I should know better than to trust the fans on Facebook. And it's interesting that, like, what people have interpreted from that is that I liked Justice League. And, I mean, I don't know. I I don't know if the answer to that is as simple as yes or no. Um... I mean, look, I enjoyed the movie, I guess. Uh, it was a rollicking good time. But, guys, here's the thing. Man of Steel had some meat on the bone. Am I ready for the world? And is the world ready for me? 
you know, questions like that. Superman and Man of Steel, and I don't give a flying fuck up a running squirrel's ass what anybody says to the contrary. I yield to nobody when it comes to a fandom of Superman. Superman and Man of Steel is who he's always been. But he experiences a fairly understandable conflict. And I would say one in which he, it just, it doesn't betray what the character has traditionally been. Batman v Superman had meat on the bone. Probably even more than Man of Steel, if anything. Batman was consumed with his own failures, his own hatred, his own demons. He created an enemy where there wasn't one. And yeah, he ultimately saw the error of his ways, but instead of uniting from the start, like they should have, Batman and Superman were nearly destroyed by their true enemy. And as it was, Superman died, and so Earth was left vulnerable to future threats. Now, yes, Justice League pays a lot of that stuff off. Batman's mission in Justice League is really one of penance. Superman should be the one who's organizing the League, but obviously he can't. And that's because of Batman. So Batman has taken it upon himself to do the job that needs doing as best he can. But he ultimately discovers that he's not Superman. So rather than trying to force himself into being something he's not, Batman decides to make amends by bringing Superman back. And that brings the character, meaning Batman, that brings the character fully out of the darkness that had consumed him by the beginning of Batman v Superman. It's Batman basically repudiating everything that he set out to do in Batman v Superman. Now, in Justice League, he's truly poised to become his greatest self. But we only get hints of that. Character development that should have used up a few more minutes of screen time at a minimum was compressed. Now, maybe an extended cut can correct that stuff and give the characters more space to breathe, but maybe not. The characters come together as a group, barely with justification, and then stick together even though, by all rights, they shouldn't be able to. Superman could have unified them, but his absence means something else has to be the team's glue, and there isn't anything. Speaking of Superman in this movie, he's barely a character in this movie. He's a weapon for the good guys and a convenient mechanism for cleaning up the mess that they made. But he doesn't really have very many character moments. You know, and, you know, uh, I've just basically people have made just kind of oblique comments on Facebook that this is the Superman that I want to see. You know, finally, we're finally getting it, you know, and it's like, really, this is all it takes, you know, just stick Superman into like two or three scenes and, uh, you know, have him smile a couple of times and we're good. You know, I mean. Like, really? That, that, that's all it takes? Okay, so... <sighs> this does reinforce my view, though, that Superman is probably easiest to write when he's a supporting character. 
And honestly, Superman as supporting character requires very little effort of any writer. When it's time to wrap things up, send Superman in there to, to, to do the job. But characterizing Superman and humanizing Superman, that takes effort. And that never happens in Justice League. There are tons of humorous moments. But is there any real meat on the bone there? I don't know. I don't think so. Now, it's pretty obvious that Warner Brothers heard all of the complaints about this. But why should they? I mean, guys, if box office numbers are anything to go by, it obviously made no difference whatsoever in, uh, in terms of the way that the fans, quote unquote, have responded. They got the movie that they said that they wanted and they didn't show up to fucking watch it. And the few that did, well, I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, take a dip into the acid bath that is my news feed to find out what people thought about Justice League. But something tells me it's going to be just as bad as it ever was, you know? Then you start getting into Danny Elfman. Now, for those of you who don't know, Danny Elfman's opinion is that, you know, when a, when a character, one supposes that especially a superhero character, has an iconic piece of music that is associated with them, it doesn't really make sense to jettison that music and find something else create something else, you know? That seems to be his stated point of view. Now, I don't know about the rest of you, but I'm actually waiting for Elfman to explain why he didn't use Neil Hefty's uh, Batman theme in uh, Tim Burton's 1989 Batman movie. Go ahead, Elfman. Explain that to me. Fucking prick. <sighs> Basically, Danny Elfman... He got rid of Hans Zimmer's, uh, most of Hans Zimmer's uh, Superman music and all of Junkie XL's Batman music, you know? And that bothers me. I mean, it changes the musical identity of the movie, you know? This movie is not what, what it started out as, you know, I mean, it was obvious that, you know, the tone and the timber of things was going to change. We knew that Hans Zimmer wasn't going to be involved with the music for this movie in any way. So pretty much it was all going to come down to junkie XL. And my assumption, this wasn't really based on anything, but my, my assumption was that, you know, junkie XL would basically respect what had come before. He would retain all or most of Hans Zimmer's uh, Superman music, and uh, he would continue to develop uh, themes for Batman and probably the other characters as well, you know, Wonder Woman and all the rest. And that may very well have been Junkie XL's plan. We'll never know because he got shit-canned and replaced with Danny Elfman. And Danny Elfman, uh, the only Zimmer cue that he kept that I can think of offhand is that... Um, that a Wonder Woman bit from Batman v Superman, because let's face it, it's not like Elfman has much else to choose from when it comes to music for Wonder Woman. So, but you know, uh, Batman's theme, 
is basically Elfman's own Batman theme from the uh, first two Tim Burton movies, but not really. I mean, you know, he's, you know, the uh, a, a common sort of theory that a lot of people have about Tim Burton's uh, score for Batman Returns is that he did a sort of minimalistic get in and get out type of thing with um, the uh, Batman hero theme in that movie. And it's like Elfman overheard all of those criticisms and said, no, motherfucker, you want me to do a hands-off version of my Batman theme? I'll show you a hands-off version of my Batman theme. Because it's like, you can almost, like, the theme just never really blossoms anywhere in the movie. I mean, it's apparently a big whoopty fucking do that it's in the movie at all, but it's like you can barely hear it, you know? I mean, number one, it's just... It never, like I say, it just never really comes into full flower or anything like that in the score. But even when the music kind of treads on it and touches on it and all that stuff, at least in the movie, it's still fucking impossible to hear because this this movie's uh, sound mix just fucking sucks. And somehow music gets drowned out by people talking. I don't know. So... The elements of the score that were audible over the barrage of sound effects and dialogue were, at least in my opinion, they were mostly lackluster and uninspired. I mean, guys, not for nothing am I sticking with uh, music from Man of Steel and Batman v Superman in this episode. I mean, you can interpret that as a fuck you to Danny Elfman if you want. I can't stop you. But it's just fucking boring. Guys, I mean, look, I, I, I've i actually kind of had a sinking feeling about where things were going with Justice League ever since it was announced that Zack Snyder was walking away. And it's, you know, listening to the score for the first time, which I did last week, I bought it off of iTunes. Listening to the score for the first time last week, it was basically, it was just one meh after another, you know? And it would be lovely to think that the movie was somehow better, but I don't want to lie to you guys. So, and look, honestly, I don't hate this movie, but the fact of the matter is Man of Steel had my full attention during the premiere and thereafter. Batman v Superman, same thing, full attention during the premiere and thereafter. But I'm nowhere near as invested in Justice League. I mean, yeah, Superman smiled. Who the fuck cares? You know, I I don't know, whatever. I mean, I can't help it if other people have just stupid low expectations of, well, whatever. That's just a rant I don't want to get into. I want Ben Affleck to stay on as Batman, and I want his eventual Batman movie to matter. But the way that things are right now, I don't know. I'm feeling a little deflated here, y'all. We went from serious cinema to Marvel silliness seemingly overnight. And I don't think this is going to be a change for the better, you know? I mean, you go back and watch uh, Batman v Superman, and you know what? You can love it, you can hate it, but the one thing you have to give it is that that is a film. And it looks like a film. You know, whereas Captain America Civil War looks like it was shot on an iPhone to be watched on an iPhone. There's nothing cinematic about that movie at all. It looks like it's fucking made for TV or iPhones. You know, I mean, it's, 
whatever. I don't know. I'm actually getting very much to the point where, you know, I mean, I, I look at the DCEU and to some degree, I, to a much lesser degree, the Arrowverse on the WB. And it's like it's giving people what they say they want from uh, DC characters. But it's like people are still bitching about it. And it's actually to the point now where I'm starting to think, you know what? These people just don't want DC characters at all. You know, I mean, they can frame this as, well, I wish you'd just do it more like Marvel. You know, they, they can say that fucking bullshit until they're blue in the face. But I'm sorry, ship sailed. Okay, I don't believe you anymore. You know, I don't. Anyway, so I'm really sorry to be such a Debbie Downer about this. And you know what? Look, I mean, you never know. An extended cut could come along and just blow me away. There's some, apparently there's some fucking petition making the rounds out there asking that Zack Snyder basically finish his cut of Justice League and then presumably have Junkie XL score it and all that stuff. And guys, look, I'm not, I'm not trying to set anybody up for disappointment here, but number one, doing that is probably going to cost millions of dollars. And number two, even if it can be done, there are reshoots that Zack Snyder's version of Justice League needed to have. It's impossible to get those now. You know? And... I don't know. Look, I'm not trying to ruin things for anybody else. If you enjoyed this movie, you know what? Good for you. You know? Um... In fact, in a lot of ways, I actually kind of envy you. I'm not trying to change your opinion. I'm not trying to convert you to a cause. I'm not trying to... Uh, I'm not trying to even really persuade. I'm trying to inform. You know, this is why the movie left me very cold. You know, and... Guys... The fact of the matter is... Sooner or later, Hollywood's love affair with comic book cinema, this is going to come to an end, okay? Given a long enough period of time, this fad that has now become a trend, that's now become a defined genre, sooner or later, this is all going to come to an end, all right? And so because of that, I don't really see what it's worth to, um, you know, end friendships or or uh, put certain people on my shit list, you know, just because, you know, we have different opinions about this, that, or the other. Look, the fact of the matter, guys, is we all know that the comics are better. All right? The best comic book movie can't compete with the best comic book. It's just not possible, you know? And I know that. So, you know, number one, I have what I'm always going to love. I have decades upon decades upon decades of Justice League comics, of Spider-Man, Batman. I've got Daredevil, Superman, you name it. I got it. The Flash, all of that stuff, you know? Um, more comics probably than I'll ever even live to read, you know? And so I don't need 
movies. You know, I mean, honestly, guys, like I said at the, at the beginning, I'm a Superman guy. You know, I've got, what is it, like uh, 20 some odd years of Silver Age Superman comics to choose from, or 15 anyway, uh, 10 or 15, something like that. Uh, there's something like 10 or 15 years of Bronze Age Superman. Depending on how you structure your head cannon, probably a similar amount of, uh, uh, in terms of time, Burn Age Superman. I've got four seasons of Lois and Clark. I've got the entirety of Superman the Animated Series, all ten seasons of Smallville. I've got uh, Superman 1, the, you know, Superman the movie. I've got Superman 3, and I've got Man of Steel. I've got Batman v Super. I don't need more. But if more is being offered, it kind of, I, I kind of liked where the DCEU was going. And I kind of resent the fact that it's been committee banged by a marketing department based upon a bunch of fucking dipshit hipster comments on Facebook that I'm sorry, I'm not convinced that these people even n know anything about these characters or care anything about them. They have any investment whatsoever. You know, it kind of pisses me off that my cinematic universe is being derailed by a bunch of just fucking blowhards. And whatever. I don't know. I mean, I guess I'd be more upset about it if I thought that, you know, this was the end of the line for me. But like I say, I mean, my end of the line came a pretty long time ago, you know? And I've adjusted to that reality, and I'm fine with it. It's just... I liked where the DCEU was going, and I'm not happy that apparently we have to be just like Marvel, you know? I mean, Marvel, because they don't even fucking try to take themselves seriously anymore, you know? Yeah, let's let's copy them. Yeah, that's fucking brilliant. I don't know. I don't get it. And honestly, I'm actually very close to just saying a plague upon all their houses, but what's that going to get me? The point is, this isn't the kind of thing that's really worth you know, like, ending a friendship. Because, like, people did do that. I mean, I remember when Batman v Superman came out, like, friendships ended over that movie. And it's like, guys, this is just a movie. And, like, that's number one. Number two, like I said a minute ago, and this was ultimately going to be my point, like I said a minute ago, eventually, Hollywood's fascination with comic books, mark my words and read them back to me later. This will end. All right? You know, I know that we've been really spoiled lately that, you know, in recent, well, I say recent years, in the last several years, we've been able to choose, uh, you know, this one and that one of comic book movies that we're, that we're going to go see every year. Um, I don't see any need to see Deadpool. Um, I'll just, I, I'll wait for streaming on that one. But man, I want to see Guardians of the Galaxy. You know, we're not going to have that sooner or later. That is going away. And like I say, guys, these movies are not worth sacrificing friendships for because when you come right down to it, we're all getting forced back into the closet at some point. And I don't know about the rest of you, but I'd kind of like to have some friends in there whenever Hollywood has moved on to other things. So just something to think about anytime you ever find yourself hating the other side. I think that's probably enough sanctimony for me. I'm sorry if this got too... Uh, ranty, too, too uh, angry, too cursy, profane, whatever. It's just, 
I just was hoping for something better. Uh, and I'm just a little disappointed, that's all. And Danny Elfman, in my opinion, is a complete prick. <laughs>